When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. The music of Daniel Bryan bringing us in to the show. We'll let you know why a little bit later on. Lowell, good day to you. How's it going, mate? Excellent, thank you. And Jules filling in for Walshy today. Hello, Jules. Good day, Tony. What's the story? You good? Uh, not yet. No, very good, mate. Very good. Uh of course, we record on a Wednesday night and uh, a lot of things happening on Wednesday night. MCW New Horizon being released. If you didn't get the chance to see that at Thornbury Theatre, uh, do yourself a favour and jump on Vimo and uh, you can watch that. It is being released as we speak. And I'd rather be there watching it because I believe that the main event was an absolute cracker, Jules. You were there. Oh, look, you, you know, Brooksy against Robbie Eagles is a main event anywhere in the world. And, and it literally could be. You know, it, it lived up to the, um, you could call it Ring of Honor versus New Japan, if you like, at the Thornbury Theatre. So even though after a, a big emotional roller coaster of Lockie Hendricks, Richie Taylor, um, to take that to a, a main event level was, was a tough task. And obviously we know Robbie Eagles, we know Adam Brooks, we know that they're performers of the highest calibre and they uh, smashed it. We'll talk more about New Horizons a little bit later on in the program. And if that doesn't whet your appetite enough, for wrestling, don't forget you can always jump on the Australian Wrestling Network and catch up on some fantastic past shows uh, that have been here in Australia, not just in Melbourne, but right around Australia. There's shows from PWA, EPW, the whole lock and gamut, and uh, that'll just keep you going. Lyle, I know you're very excited every now and then when you just turn oh, on I the, lo- uh, the oh, I love it, mate. Yeah, I, I love it. It's loaded. It's loaded. And you can go, you know, I've only been a fan of the local scene for five or six years. So going back, watching shows, and then you go down that rabbit hole of, hey, who's that guy? I haven't heard that name, or I've I've heard the name in passing, I don't know. And, hey, get on the cage match. And, oh, they, they had a career for five or six years there. Hey, what else can I find? Um, it's really good for that uh, as well, which is, yeah, well worth the money. You know, I use it for all- a month. Yeah, exactly. I use it for all my research before the shows. I adopted Wikipedia pages, I I feel you use, Tony, for a lot of your... Well, before last week's show with Ricky South, I watched many an episode of of PWA to make sure Um, that I... Jake Jake Andrew Arthur, I'm pretty sure he caught you up in a Wikipedia snafu. Um, Did you call his finisher the flying foreskin? Uh, something like that something Something like that tony Uh, you know this is a uh a medalist in judo tony and uh it brought the interview to a screeching halt real quick (laughs) someone had done that previous to the interview 
And they caught you out, Tony. They did that very the well. Flying very foreskin. Well. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, no, I um, think you're right. I think it was. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, but where's Welshy? Where is he? No, well, he's uh, unfortunately. Welshy, due to uh, things that he's seen over time, is part of the witness protection program with the Victoria Police, and he's had to move house. People found yep. out where he was living again, so yeah, he's uh, he's moved from his old house. Yeah, I have one. heard. I have heard on good authority, the moving van arrived to his new location, dining room, no chairs, no chairs, no chairs have arrived. Really? Not point. I'm not pointing any fingers. Welshy. Well, he did. He gave me some initials, JJF, but I don't want to. I don't want to say anyone's name, so no. I'm not a. I don't want to be a part of it. But yeah, the chairs didn't arrive with the moving. Yeah. So he's sitting on the floor eating his dinner tonight. Oh well, it happens. Couldn't happen to yeah, a nicer guy. Well, that's Easy. true. There is that too, Tony. He's got some bad luck with furniture, hasn't he? No chairs, and he loves to go through a table. For them, back yeah. to Russell Brainier. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Ooh. exactly. Oh, that was a big hit, big hit. Yep. All right, guys, time to catch up with our first, well, normally it's our first guest, it's our first two guests today. And uh, in the old Westerns, the old country and Western movies, they used to say there's a new sheriff in town and you've got to respect that sheriff because he's new. Well, I'll tell you what, there is a new player in town, there's no doubt about it, DMDU, Deathmatch Death match Down Under, and there is definitely a lot of respect for this promotion at the moment and joining us to have a chat about death match down under we say g'day to Aaron and jay from dmdu hello guys how are you hello thanks heaps for having us hey yeah thanks guys appreciate it uh, thank you for having us and i suppose we've got to go we we had the media day at the start of the year and that gave us a great insight into the build-up to the first dmdu event and how that was all coming together. Let's take you from uh, that point in February right through until now. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, the media day, we're talking about the media day, that was back in December last year. Was it oh, December see, last year? Too? In my head, I'm thinking, I don't think that was this year. <laughs> oh, wow. That, December last quick. year when we were at uh, the utmost part of that uh, pub, sweating our balls off. Um, yeah, yeah was, it, it was one of those days. It's um, gone quick. <laughs> I was actually just thinking about that today before we jumped on here and I was like god that first chat that we we all spoke I think at different points on uh on the podcast with you guys and it really just felt like a bit of a pipe dream still even then like seeing it all happening on that day and sometimes still does feel like it's not real for me anyway um, yeah, yeah so like the second time we'd ever properly met Aaron yeah <laughs> like that's what I mean I was like who is this like fictional character who I only know from the waist up who we've established a <laughs> pro wrestling company with that's really bizarre but yeah now we're the best of mates hey yeah exactly um yeah we've known each other on zoom we'd met once at a pub and um media day it's uh and then suddenly we're in this uh, promotion together and you know best mates and yeah it's been a long ride it feels like it's been like a year already yeah um, I'm very tired <laughs> i'm tired but um i feel i feel really like feel really humbled i mean that's probably very obvious but i feel incredibly humbled yeah. by the reception and just the way things have um almost 
happened. I want to say that happened organically, but that wouldn't, I don't think that'd be doing a, a service behind the scenes necessarily and to our talent as well, um, who have worked their asses off to make the success that we've had. Um, I, yeah, we're onto something. I don't know what it is yet, but we're onto it. So, so in terms of that perception against the, the reality then of, of back then to, to where you are now, what would you say to uh, your media day selves now, knowing what you know of what's gone on in the last sort of five months or so? Um, don't panic. Yeah. <laughs> don't panic uh, and uh, carry, always carry a towel. Um, I think that's the best way to go with it. So. Yeah, buy a, buy a bum bag was, was my process um to carry all your shit because um, you will drop things while you're scrambling and panicking um trust the process i don't know essentially it's it's believe in and trust the people that are around you um i think when you're coming up to starting a new promotion you're starting a new show uh and and having that first show you even if you know the people around you are saying you know you can trust in these athletes and stuff like that to do what they do best i think you've still got in the back of your head oh what if it all goes to shit and probably i would definitely tell myself back in december to just calm down it's all going to be fine um because it it has been fine you know we've had our rocky start we've had the things that we've had to deal with but by and large not panicking has been what has been able for us to um actually get these shows happening and getting them happening well and getting the reception that we've um, we've got from them. What I have I'd to like, say that... Sorry, what, I, what I've liked about it is the the buy-in and the investment from the wrestlers into the promotion because this is a brand new promotion. They had no affiliation to it at all before show number one. So you could have been some fly-by-nighters who were going to do a couple of shows, things went bad, we pull out. Nobody knows that. But to have the investment and the buy-in from the wrestlers that you guys have had from day one, that's what I think has been the massive uh, attraction for me in regards to seeing how you guys have progressed. Yeah, you can kind of see that in the locker room. Um, I mean, you guys have been there. You can see everyone's, you know, we're all part of a team. We're all part of the same team pushing towards the same objective. And um, I... I wish I had like the, the ultimate source as to how that came together. But um, really it's just been a case of just being honest and open with, with people, I think, and being upfront. Mm. Do you agree with that, Erin? Yeah. I think uh, from day one, we've always banged on about how transparent we wanted to be. Um, and I think that talent have seen that as a genuine message and they've reciprocated too. Um you know, it's been a really intense year and a bit um, for the wrestling industry, for the world. Um, and coming out the other side of that, I think people were really desperate for any sort of change um, or hope even that something could change. And, you know, we wanted that. We were promising that in the hope that we could deliver that. And that's still an ongoing process for us. Mm. Um but I think that, like, I, I would be honest in saying that we were really deliberate about who we wanted to be a part of our team at the same time as saying doors are open if, if you want to work and if you are 
as dedicated to this as us and, and if you have the passion and the drive and you want to see wrestling improve um on all like fronts as well um we haven't turned anyone back in that respect mm. um but yeah we, we've been really conscious about who we've had join our team and I think that's been like part of building the family up and other people are seeing that um and wanting to be in on it I don't know yeah I think we benefited from being a new promotion as well um we didn't have any emotional baggage um sort of behind us when it came to starting up so there was no you know leftover storylines that maybe didn't seem right in the way or in the face of speaking out or um or things of that nature so we were able to you know start earnestly with our with our eyes open and um i mean the three most vocal people in the management team uh aaron myself and and joel bateman i think we come across pretty pretty genuine on social media um and pretty open about what we believe and what we think and um and the fact that we want wrestling to be better um, all around the world. And I think that that comes through honestly. I hope it comes through honestly. Um, I'd like to think it does because of the people who reached out to us. Yeah, de definitely. In touching on that with your, you know, your guys, you know, collectively, your social awareness, cultural awareness, the awareness of what the industry as a whole worldwide was going through in the middle of last year. And like, you know, all right, you guys are starting out. You know, we want to start it off on the right foot. Um, there's no baggage behind us that we have to take care of before we can, you know, gain the trust of our fans again. What is it like that we're in a weird situation with wrestling at the minute where the trust of the fans can be taken away in a split second? Oh, yeah, it's very like, tenuous, isn't it? Yeah, like, at this point, we're still in a still 50 50 i think in a lot of cases where we the fans aren't sure where we are wrestling's not 100 percent sure where we are mm -hmm. how do you guys navigate the whole landscape at the minute when it comes to that that's a really interesting question um Aaron, <laughs> day, day to day it's <laughs> yeah i don't think we know um I don't know. I feel like I'm in, I'm in two minds here because I'm usually a very, I like to bury myself um, as Jay always pulls me up on. But I do think that when in our team, if we're not sure about something, there's no fear to ask. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's times when the whole team in our management crew doesn't know what to do or um, is unsure about a particular scenario or how to approach a situation like, yeah, ticket sales or like how do we approach this social media strategy or whatever it might be that's externally facing. Um, but I think we are like very open as a collective to being wrong and to learning from each other because there's just such a vast skill set within our team um, from all different walks of life. And, you know, Jay and I, we're still pretty new to this business. Um, and, you know, there's definitely times where I remember that quite viscerally, you know, show days, other days where I remember I'm very new to this business and I'm still very much learning how it all works. Um, but I'm, I think I'm just like, for me anyway, I can only really speak for myself here, but I'm just like picking up little bits and pieces 
adding them to my memory bank and then, you know, making judgments as I go along about what's best for us and what's in the best interest of our fans and our workers. And um, I guess that's all we can do is just kind of have a strategy, but navigate this space day by day, because it's still so up in the air. Like everything is still so uncertain in 2021. Incredibly raw. Um, Yes. I think Erin touched on a really important part in there, which is trust. And if there's no trust between management, why should fans or, um, or athletes themselves uh, trust us? And we've got implicit and explicit trust with each other in that if someone doesn't know what they're doing or they don't have the right answer, we have the faith in each other that we can come out and actually say, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know what I'm doing, I, I, all that sort of stuff. And I think that that maybe bleeds itself onto the actual uh, promotion itself in that we come across genuine, I guess, because we are, um, you know, uh, we come across as a group of, of people. I think that maybe more so than uh, many other promotions, we are seen as a little collective of people that work behind the scenes um, as opposed to other promotions, which might seem a little bit more faceless. Um, and I'm not bearing any other promotion in, in, in that respect. I'm just saying that we've been kind of lucky in that, um, that kind of startup that we've been able to sort of, yeah, benefit from that, I think, um, both internally and externally. I, I think in terms of just to add to that, like navigating like the industry at the moment, um, as I mentioned, Jay and I are pretty new to this, but like, yeah, we've got a lot of um knowledge and experience in our management team as well in this business but we also like turn to our workers and ask them what they need and what they want um we ask our fans what they need and what they want like I think we launched and then the next day um we put out that community survey and it's been a while but we are definitely still looking back at that and looking at the outcomes of that survey and and yeah. hopefully in the in you know in the coming months we can start rolling out some of the strategies that we've developed from that um, yeah, and it wasn't just a normal survey like uh, who would you like to see at dmdu it was a lot more in depth um and and related to the movements of the past couple of years um because you know we want to do it right we're passionate about wrestling being really good in this country and around the world but um especially so in this country I think it's hard to, to even think about DMDU without thinking about inclusivity. The two go really hand in hand. And I think part of that small collective, the transparency, definitely feels like it's, it's hard-coded into the DNA of, of DMDU. Um, but I'm interested in, a, in another angle. Do you, do you think that there's anything that, that we can do as fans and as a community to, I guess, help make it even more of a, a safe space where everybody's welcome and it's everything that you want the promotion to be? Um, as I said, we're pretty open and transparent. So uh, having we've got a contact form on the website which enables people to contact us and say, hey, I would appreciate that if you did these sort of things and everything that, like I said before, it is a small conglomerate of people. So it's not like it's just being fed into a machine. Everything that comes through to us is is being read and responded to and reacted to by by our committee um 
And of course, we have the Dobby and the Dickhead line um, at, at shows. Uh, and that Dobby and the Dickhead line, you know, works all the time. It's there. Did you get many calls for Welshie? <laughs> not yet not yet not yet <laughs> he's obviously been skirting on the right side of dickheadedness <laughs> i think that 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 hotline has been interesting like i've only so i am usually the one monitoring that phone on the night um and there was one message that came through that first show and like it thankfully it was a situation that was really easy to resolve um and since then I haven't had anything come through which you know to me hopefully that is a good sign you know no news is good news um but at the same time I think like our messaging it's important for us to keep up the messaging uh, about like you know don't be a bystander um if you see something that looks inappropriate or if you see something that is making you uncomfortable to show the best thing you can do is speak up um, through the right avenues because we have the processes to correct those things yeah. um, and I mean that's on an individual level like to be an ally yeah to, just don't be a bystander dob in dickheads um, I, I, I've had a lot of for, I guess so from our point of view Jay and I we're both queer people and like we are very uh we like to sort of make it known that this is a space that's safe for people like us. Um, I invite all my queer friends to shows and say, this is a, sp a space that you are going to feel safe. And I think it's been really, I don't know, Jay, can only, again, I'll speak for myself, but it's been really like heartwarming for me to be able to go to wrestling shows and see a crowd that's so diverse. Like there's, yeah. you're, there's like guys in wrestling, black and white wrestling shirts, you know, but then you've got a bunch of, queer people from all walks of life as well and I think that's just really heartwarming for me to have seen that mm. over the last few shows to know that people feel safe um in our spaces and yeah I hope that that can only continue and that people feel safe to bring their friends um because I know that I've you know I've been to wrestling shows before as a queer person where I haven't felt very comfortable so it's important for me to like rectify that through this platform um, yeah, I think historically, obviously, wrestling's been very much a, a macho um, sort of situation. Um, and being involved in Deathmatch Down Under, it's uh, caused me a lot of introspection as well um, over the past year um, with Aaron's help, obviously, a lot of Aaron's help. Um, and Aaron, whenever you say, I can only speak for me, you're usually speaking for me as well. <laughs> it just goes <laughs> like that. But um, I felt a lot safer at these shows and a lot safer in this community than I ever have in wrestling before. And I know that that, you know, coming from a member of management, of course, management's going to be safe. But I think if I was a fan of DMDU, I would come to these shows and I'd, I'd be glad of the, um, the space that, that has been cultivated by the fans, the wrestlers and management alike. Now, I want to come to one of these management meetings because I want to know what you guys are smoking or drinking when you come up with the names for your shows. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there's some good names. Not uh, here to the, fuck spiders. The oh, last you know, one was fun, wasn't it, Jay? In, that was a fun meeting. You know, uh, you know what we're drinking. We're drinking venom beer. Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course yeah. you are. Good. <laughs> Pop the sponsor. Um, um, yeah, we, uh, we go through periods where it's actually an hour of us 
just popping each other and, and laughing at various uh, names. Oh, we should call a show this. Oh, we should call a show this. And of course, they're absolutely fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but occasionally in amongst that lot of terribleness, there is, uh, there's a couple like not here to fuck spiders that uh, kind of, you know, hit right, you know. But even this com- upcoming one, the uh, the heavyweight tournament, which we'll talk about shortly, but the juice is worth the squeeze. It's just, it makes sense. It does. Also has a wrestling connotation. Yeah, exactly. For sure. It's it's good when we hit that, isn't it? Like we don't do it <laughs> objectively. We, we yeah, don't go out be- to be like, let's make it a wrestling thing. It yeah. just happens sometimes. Yeah, I didn't even realize it until I was talking to Vixen once. And she, and she mm. said, oh, the juice is worth the squeeze. Are you talking about gigging? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we met that. I have to say uh, that the uh, earlier on in our chat, when you said, um, don't panic and always carry a towel, I thought that's a great show name. <laughs> yes. Oh, a massive Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan. Um, we should I do a, a only, show themed on that. That would be it, great. It might only pop about four or five of us. But <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, that's you know, fine. anything I can do to make you laugh, Jules, that's all I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ha- having, yeah, obviously the deathmatch down under as a whole is a massive point of difference to what's going on in the rest of the country. But the the fun show names and, you know, we've spoken to Joel about you guys coming up with them and the fun you, you, you guys are having with it. Yeah, it's a lot better than the, you know, vengeance and... You know, yeah. rebellion and things like that. You know, the one Backlash. show name. I know, you know, yeah, like you know, there's a couple of promotions in New South Wales that have fun with their names as well, like the you know, Newy Pro with the, the Hoose uh stuff as well. Uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's reflecting what's happening in the US as well, though, right? Like that's there's a lot of unique uh productions happening, there's a lot of unique aesthetic sort of being applied to products that are coming out of the US indie market. And yeah, like as always, we're, I think Australia is always just a couple of years behind. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, we're definitely getting there. That's due to tyranny of distance. That's the only reason. Oh, yeah. 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 It's <laughs> a, it takes a, um, a little <laughs> while for the governments or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it takes a while for it to come in the mail or the, um, the cool name ideas that we get from the US, obviously. Um, I, I'm, I'm having a fun, like you, you said it before, but like, it's just so much fun to play around with these like creative ideas that are obviously revitalizing a lot of the interests that fans have been yeah. sitting on. They've, they've got that energy that are just waiting for a product to put it into. Um, and like, we've had some absolutely batshit insane, like concepts for, promo videos and all sorts of stuff that like had COVID snap lockdowns not happened. Like I, yeah, we've got a few ideas that I hope we can bring back um, sometime, but yeah, yeah, there's uh, there's some silly ones in the canon. That July show name that we haven't announced yet is going to be fun. And um, yeah, it's going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've got one one idea. I've got one (laughs) idea. If it might, might have to be a 30, 40, maybe a 50, person battle royal um so maybe tony might have to help with the budget um a tony a tony got my name wrong battle royal so every <laughs> every wrestler that he we've had on the podcast that he's got the name wrong it's, it could end up being 60 or 70 tony. easy yeah it's i wanted to be two rings 
I reckon we could have to do a war games um, kind of situation. <laughs> could do a war games. Mark Moretti, the favourite to win. <laughs> <laughs> Misspent youth are the only uh, title holders at DMDU at the moment. Of course, as the uh, the tag team title holders, we're going to get a new title holder in a week or two's time. Yep, the week's time actually when we get the heavyweight title. Take us through the mechanics of this tournament. It's uh, it looks hectic. It's a bunch of good names, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I really, um, we really wanted to get a lot of the uh, best Australian wrestlers um, to come in and 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 uh, be in this tournament. And I think we have. Um, there's a few that I think it's funny when we're putting together all the names that we wanted for the tournament. You like come out with a list of like 50 people that you want to get in there. And you have to whittle that down to 20 and then, you know, check on whether people are able to travel and, and all that sort of stuff as well. And then bring it down to 16. It's um, yeah. Uh, that was not fun. <laughs> mm. um, not from, from the extent that there were names that you didn't want to cross off. Yeah, absolutely. Too, yeah. I think there's always, you know, whenever you're booking shows and stuff like that, you, there's always people that you want on the shows, but you just don't have it for time or space reasons or, or even storyline reasons. Um, and then, you, you know, you can just put them in the back pocket and, you know, they'll come out in the future. Um, but uh, when we decided we were going to do a tournament, uh, there, was, there was a few that are in this tournament that were just straight off the bat. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the names that we've got. I think it, it's coming up a lot for me, particularly at shows and stuff. And I'm just like feeling this infectious energy from our workers or from like talent uh, who are working elsewhere, who've even just come down to check out a show. Yeah. And we're just so freaking lucky. Hey, like Victoria is just stacked with talent, let alone the rest of the country. Like there's just so much to choose from. It's, it's like, when we are making these decisions about, well, who's the best of the best, that list, it, it runs a lot larger than 16 competitors. But yeah, yeah. I think these ones are pretty good. Yeah. It allows you as a, as a total nerd like I am, when you look at a 16-person tournament to book your own faves and, and look into the future. And it's great to see a lot of that on social media. Um, Honestly, I when did we my put own. together that bracket graphic, Jules, you were the first person I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> I have geeked out. I've, I've literally got it in front of me, what my my like preferred um, sort of outcomes are. But just looking at some of the potential, you could have semi-finals where you've got Charlie Evans versus Gore and Jess Troy versus Richie Taylor. In, in what other world will that happen? There's, there's some yeah. such fresh matchups that are possible through this tournament. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, um, I'm particularly excited for the... Uh, I've got to be honest, I'm really excited to see Royce Chambers versus Edward Dusk. Mm. Um, I think Edward's uh, really talented and really underrated. And uh, Roycey is Roycey. We all love him. Um, I think that's going to be a banger match. And I think that that's going to be one of those matches that people don't think of straight away. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be match of the night for me, I reckon. Mm. I, I mean, it's no secret, but I think my match for round one is is got to be Candy Lee and JXT. I think it's just such a on for me. It just makes sense, but I think for a lot of people, they were like, "Oh, that's a really strange matchup." But I think it's just because their worlds have never crossed before. Mm. If you watch them separately, they have quite similar sort of styles, and I think that um, 
I love just the they're both of their character work. I think it's going to be a really fun match. And that's we spoke about this last week that every match in that first round mm. is the quality of a final match. You, you could have any one of those matches as your final and you'd be pretty happy. Yeah, all killer, no filler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm also really, especially after uh, Not Here to Fuck Spiders, I'm really excited for the Tommy Knight Gore match, to be honest. Oh. Both of those guys put on banger matches at Spiders and um, Gore's just going from strength to, well, Gore going from strength <laughs> to strength. That's ridiculous. But... Um, and um, Caveman Oak just, he's gone into a, like another gear that I didn't even know that he had. Um, mm. Just that, and that, um, uh, sorry, Caveman Oak, Tommy Knight. Ooh, uh, edit that one out in the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tommy Knight. I re- he's gone into another gear that I didn't know that he had. That match between him and Ugg was uh, one of the best matches I've seen this year. Yeah, I think it just caters to Tommy Knight's wheelhouse perfectly. Mm. Two big men. That's where he thrives. That's yeah. You know, I'm looking for anything Tommy Knight has done, and he's going to do in death match. I'm so looking forward to. But they're it, both you know. ex MMA guys as well. Yes, yes, I think that that's um, that's going to show just you know which one of them is the the bigger dude, which one of them is the stronger guy, which one of them is able to nut out the wing. It, it, I I reckon that's going to be a, a big match on uh, on the Friday night. And a couple of really underrated wrestlers in Sammy Falcon and Charlie Evans. I think that's going to be a cracker as well. I don't want to call Charlie Evans underrated. Charlie Evans, I would know. Sammy Sammy definitely, though. There are people, there are definitely people still sleeping on Charlie Evans, and wake the fuck up is my (laughs) response to that. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. even a bit today on social media. (laughs) Someone was asking when she was going to WWE. She said she didn't want to go to WWE. And then someone said, oh, you just want to uh, play for hot dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, but she's vegan. (laughs) (laughs) Sammy's going to be really fun. I think think that was probably the reaction that, I mean, because I haven't, admittedly, I hadn't seen a whole lot of Sammy's work. Like I've seen a little bit. but I trusted these guys completely, obviously, when we booked it. And the reaction that he got online when we, we dropped his name was probably one of the biggest reactions, yeah. um, which was so exciting to me. It's like, yeah, like I said, we're just so spoiled for young, up-and-coming talent in this state, and people are desperate to see it. It's, really, it's been really interesting this year, seeing a whole bunch of those um, guys sort of crossing over promotions as well. Um, you know, um, Aisha's obviously been working for PCW for a long time and, and now come and worked for us. And, and we saw Aisha at, at Wrestle Rock as well. Um, I think that that's been a really interesting turn of events. It's a, it's a change mm. um, that's definitely happening across the, uh, the wrestling community in this country. Yeah, it's great being a wrestling fan. We see new matchups. Mm. We don't want to, you know, just purely as a wrestling fan. We we don't care about the backstage politics and different promotions. Don't talk to other promotions. Just give us the open door. Give us fresh matchups. You know, we're all wrestling nerds at the end of the day. And you know, yeah. Jules has got his bracket there. But <laughs> we we're booking into promotional matches in our head as wrestling fans. We've been doing it forever. Yeah. You know, before yeah. we went to indie wrestling. You know, matches on TV with big promotions. We were doing. You know, for myself being near 40, you know, WWF and WCW, this is what 
being a wrestling fan's about now that yeah. you know, everyone wanted the, to see Undertaker and Sting, right? Yeah, we still yeah. want to see it, even though <laughs> both will be walk, going to the ring in wheelchairs. We still <laughs> want to see it. It doesn't yeah. matter. They could just do the entrance. Each. It'd be a cinematic <laughs> match. Oh, in, but, in you know, give me one splash and a tombstone and call it quits. That's right. You know, at, you know, they both don't answer the bell and call it a draw. It doesn't matter. Like, Undertaker tapping out to a Scorpion Deathlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cut different endings and release one a year later. It doesn't matter. I love um, that. Director's cut. You know, yeah. Whether COVID brought that on quicker. Um, yeah, maybe that's a positive of it that you know more talent are working other promotions, and then they can speed up their own progression and you know working different people and getting different ideas and you know I think yeah just as a wrestling fan we're in a really lucky time with so much talent around you know how many shows were on last week across the country yeah, fifteen yeah. or sixteen Tony yeah you know next um, week is big again. Yeah, I mean, one thing I think that we've got going for us, I guess, um, is the whole fact that we're a genderless promotion. Um, uh, it, it hasn't been that long since a lot of the female presenting wrestlers were just wrestling the same four or five people every weekend. And one thing about us being a, a genderless promotion is that we don't have those boundaries. We can pit, you know, male presenting wrestlers and female presenting wrestlers against each other and um and create some new matchups that people didn't even know that they wanted to see yeah i mean who thought about charlie evans versus joel bateman i mean i did but you know outside of that <laughs> joel thought of that much we all know that <laughs> he's been thinking about that one for years yeah, yeah exactly joel said i'm getting this match and we said all right cool i'm um, pretty sure he said that back in like april or may last year yeah. <laughs> the man yeah. knows what he wants he does <laughs> so take us through the format of the friday the 21st and saturday the 22nd are the only matches we're going to see the tournament matches or will there be other matches as well no we've got a uh, a six and out death match on the friday night uh a whole bunch of our death match guys getting together the, the it's based on like a baseball a death match baseball stipulation in the u.s where it's We've, but we've got our cricket spin on it, obviously. So, yeah, expect some cricket bats and other blunt objects. Cool. Um, I, yeah, I do have so one. One, I do have one minor criticism. When I played backyard cricket, you didn't get rewarded for hitting the ball over the fence, so you were just out. We didn't have six and out when <laughs> I played cricket because you shouldn't get runs for losing the ball. No, that's I mean, true. It is. Yeah. We're so, not in the business of cricket, man. We're 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 booking death <laughs> matches. So who knows what's gonna happen, really? They're so gonna I'm, do some dumb shit. That's all I know. I'm seeing fluoros as stumps and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Ah, yeah. You'll see what happens, mate. You'll yeah. see what happens. Oh fantastic. <laughs> you know what I'm I don't see a wheelie bin. If I don't see a wheelie bin on stage with the white painted stumps, I'm gonna be very <laughs> disappointed. Oh, we have those at every show. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> too far away. <laughs> so that we didn't say that matches. Um, that's that will be uh, Callum Butcher and Vixen and Mad Dog taking on the International Violence Connection, um, which should be interesting to say the least. Yeah, and that's that's the other match on the Friday, and on the Saturday we've got two other matches to give. Uh, athletes a chance to you know take their breath in between matches 
Um, we obviously have the much hyped uh, misspent youth versus Aussie Open. Yeah. Um, which I'm Champs looking versus forward to. Um, it's a non-title match, but uh, I'm sure after last weekend, I had uh, Murdoch texting me, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent him, I sent him a, a hit, a hit <laughs> of, uh, of one of the uh, velocities being thrown in the air and he sent a text message back saying, that's going to be me, isn't it? <laughs> uh, they they use their size and strength really well Aussie Open but no no pressure to Murdoch Aussie Open did have probably the best wrestling match of the weekend in the world last week oh, yeah. um, not just in the country it's in the world it was ridiculous yeah. um, it's up there with one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen I think yeah um, it's you know that's a positive of COVID that we have these ridiculous talents in our country at the minute and mm. wrestling fans should be snapping up tickets to see them while they're still in the country. Yeah, mm. right. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, if you can, because there's tickets being sold out everywhere, promotions being sold out everywhere. It's, as you said, it's fantastic at the moment. Yeah, it is, it good. is good. People have got the uh, the fever for the flavor of wrestling. I, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, guys, we are wishing you all the best for uh, this upcoming heavyweight tournament. Uh at the Juice is Worth the Squeeze. It's Friday, May the 21st, Saturday, May the 22nd. Still tickets available or is it totally sold out for both nights? Still some tickets available. Okay. So, uh, it's of Get course, in. location is Arrow on Swanson. Jump onto the Deathmatch Down Under website and you can purchase tickets from there. Very good. Who's your pick, Tony? Who's your pick to win it? Uh, we tried to work this out last week and it's... Uh, I don't know. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go one from totally left field. Jessica Troy. Ooh, excellent choice. I like that, Tony. That's a good one. I'm just looking at her bracket. And I think that I was going to say she's got the easy draw. (laughs) That's not right. No, there's no easy path. Now, this is at the Australian Open. This isn't the number one seed gets the first four or five rounds nice and easy. This is work your guts out every single match. And so looking forward to seeing how it all goes down. Well done, guys. Congratulations on DMDU to where you've got it to so far. And it is just going to get bigger and better as we go along. We look forward to following it. Thanks so much for having us, guys. I love the support. Thank you. Our pleasure. Jay and Erin joining us here on the Turbo. Back part two of On the Turnbuckle this week. Q, uh, is that promotion, guys? It's just moving from strength to strength, isn't it? It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the tournament, Tony. Um, you can tell Aaron and Jay are nervously excited with the undertaking of a two-day event. Um, the Undertaker? They've got The Undertaker, did you say? No, 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 no. Well, Undertaker does come up in the interview, strangely. Um, but no... Happy for their success so far and, yeah, looking forward to seeing bigger and better things in the future. Yeah. 
think it's great also the and one thing we, we perhaps didn't talk about was the Ugwa title and how that brings such an international reach as well so as part of that weekend I'm super looking forward to the San Jose glass crush death match um, so look it's been advertised as glass panes circuit boards and Valencia oranges where else can you get that than Deathmatch Down Under. Well, and the, the juice from those Valencia oranges will be definitely worth the squeeze if you're <laughs> squeezing them. Because the Very pain nice. that will be inflicted on open cuts Ugh. from that acidic liquid going in. Oh, please. Yeah. Time to talk some ser- super serious news here on the Turnbuckle with Eleni Thomas. Hello, Eleni. Hey, guys. How are you going? We are fantastic. Thank you. And we're going to kick it off with New Japan Wrestling. Uh, this time round, and they're still suffering pretty badly from COVID-19 over there, aren't they? Yeah, so obviously Japan in general is having a bit of a tough time with COVID, but um, New Japan in particular really suffering from an outbreak. So the company revealed in a statement over the past week that seven more additional wrestlers have contracted the virus from the original two that they had announced. And so in this statement, um, New Japan put out, read that, As a result of PCR testing conducted across the roster following the May 4th Wrestling Dantaku event in Fukuoka, New Japan Pro Wrestling has learned of seven positive tests for COVID-19. As previously reported, two wrestlers who presented with a fever on the day of the May 4th event were immediately tested in accordance with COVID-19 protocols with the testing returning positive. In light of this news, all those who had close contact with the infected parties, in addition to every wrestler on the roster, received PCR tests with a further seven wrestlers testing positive. All those who tested positive are experiencing mild symptoms or are asymptomatic. According to protocols and under medical advice, all are isolating and receiving appropriate treatment. So very upsetting news, but he's hoping that they can keep a contain for now and that no one else tests positive. So it's sending shockwaves through that whole community, isn't it, Jules? Oh, yeah, look, it's it's devastating. And and even though just Japan as a whole, as things start to open up for the Olympics, the timing of it um, couldn't be much worse. So, um, yeah, I really hope that it manages to resolve itself um, pretty quickly and it can move on with some uh, build-up to the best of the Super Juniors and into the G1. So there's some pretty big times coming up. So fingers crossed. You're, well, you're more across all those fake sports, Tony. Do you think the Olympics is actually going to go ahead? No, I couldn't. I cannot see at this stage. At this stage, in Japan, with what you know, they still there's still a state of emergency. Yeah, we're talking it's, eight it's weeks remote. from pretty much now. I cannot see how it's going to happen well, in eight weeks. You know, and do they have a reluctance to like culture-wise taking the vaccine? Is it is that that's a good question? I don't, I don't actually, well? I don't actually know the answer to that. Mate, I, I honestly don't, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can't. It'll, so you know sad. what? The Olympics will happen I, because I think they they just have to. But I cannot see how they're going to happen. We know that there's probably not going to be any crowds now. I think that's, no, that's definitely some, not. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that's definitely been spoken about, and I know it's, it's yeah, going to be interesting to watch. The next few weeks are going to be very interesting to watch. Cinematic Olympics. That's what we're here for, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Cinematic uh, you know what? The, I feel sorry for guys like Robbie Eagles and the like. It was, well, you know what? I don't because Robbie's getting to work at home and he's getting plenty of work and he's doing all that sort of stuff, which is great. But I feel sorry for him because he wants to be over there wrestling with the best that he, he can wrestle against. And there's yeah. just no chance of him doing that, I wouldn't have thought, for at least another three or four months minimum. Yeah. Well, even you know when, when he went over... 
and he quarantined for the 14 days in a hotel, which would be boring as batshit. And how yeah. many times can you do it without, you know, just struggling to, to do it? You know, you're in a foreign country, you have to, you know, and then you have an outbreak and then shows are cancelled anyway. So it's so risky to fly international talent in at the minute. Yes, you know, Robbie's get to stay at home with family and, you know, we get to see him locally, which is, you know, positive for us, but he's virtually lost a year of his new Japan career, you know, which, yeah, it's, it's sad actually. Maybe new Japan should look at doing what WWE should have done last year and bring their whole organization over to Australia and just run it from here for six months. You can get, they'll get crowds of five or 10,000 a show easy, which they can't have over in Japan. They can have shows. They'll be watched by millions and millions of people over in Japan. Bite the bullet, so I want to do it because you could easily do it over here. No dramas. Could be worse places to live for four or five months, Tony. Mm. AEW and Lenny have announced that they're going to be returning uh, to a, a, a more regular live schedule. Yeah, so they've basically announced um, that they're planning to sort of get their touring schedule back on track and do some live events. Um, but so far, the company has only announced their first three shows. Um, but during a press release, they stated that um, further events and dates will be announced in the near future. And so, so far, the three locations and shows that they've announced is the first one in Miami, Florida, which is scheduled for July 7th, Cedar Park in Texas on the 14th of July, and then Garland, Texas on the 21st of July. And so during the press conference, um, where they announced the decision, it was also made clear that the events will be held in compliance with state COVID safety guidelines and seating capacities will adhere to state and local mandates. So that'll be interesting, especially with, you know, the, the COVID situation in America. So I guess turbulent. I wonder if it'll go ahead. I hope so. Is Miami immune to COVID-19? It seems like <laughs> everything's happening in Florida and Miami in particular. And that's just where it's all happening. It's a lot of sunshine down there cancelling out the COVID, I think, Tony. It must be. Yeah, you're be. probably right. I, I, I really hope, hopefully everything goes off without a hitch because I think uh, AEW, for the most part, has hurt a lot having not that uh, wrestling fan experience. Um, a bit like NXT as well with the full sale crowd. That It's like um, the 12th man in football. Um the crowds at these shows and you know if we go back and look at some of the big moments in AEW's short history not having the crowd there for those when we do have you know the documentaries that come out later on and you know that the crowd isn't going nuts for those big things which I think has hurt them a lot along the way because it is a whole experience uh, with the crowd so they're rolling out the vaccine in America aren't they assuming it should be done by July so yeah, fingers fingers crossed everything goes right and yeah, wrestling has fans back on the regular. It's amazing to think that people like Eddie Kingston have never wrestled in front of a crowd in AEW. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's mental, isn't it? it? It's Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, some big news coming out of WWE or some speculative news, I suppose. And off the back of the Roman Reigns situation two weeks ago, a lot of talk surrounding the future of Daniel Bryan. Eleni, what can you tell us? Yes, well, there's always rumours and speculation in the WWE. Um, and this happens to fall on one of my favourite wrestlers. I love Daniel Bryan personally. Um, and so yes. 
this worry about him returning has me quite upset. Um, but Wrestling Inc. reported that Brian's WWE contract expired the night of said match against Roman Reigns. And that despite the WWE reportedly pushing hard to get him re-signed, Daniel Bryan hasn't given them an answer. And so on this past week's installment of After the Bell, Corey Graves and Vic Joseph gave their thoughts on what Brian's next move might be. And Graves stated that at this point, Brian is playing his cards close to the vest. To my knowledge, he hasn't made any public statements about what's next. There are plenty of speculation swirling in the internet wrestling community. That's basically all we have to work with at this point. It would serve WWE right for Daniel Bryan to want to look for greener pastures because I think the way they've treated him over the last two to three years has been pretty bad. Well, he, I'll expect the last six months, I think, or to year, he's been on the booking committee. So he's been booking himself to lose and put other guys over. But as a wrestling fan, move his whole family to Japan for four to five months on a, <laughs> in a mansion, he can, be all the way away from uh, the COVID and put him in the G1. I want to see him in the G1 come, uh, well, hopefully it goes ahead uh, in the second half of the year. But this, he can ride his own ticket to anywhere he wants to go. This, you know, if he shows up on AEW, he'll be bigger than what Jericho did for AEW. Um, have the whole internet wrestling community talking. So we're all going to get excited and then he's going to walk out on SmackDown in three weeks' time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. But it's, it's exciting, the dream. Yeah. And some more news coming out of WWE, Lenny. Uh, another announcement in regards to uh, the return of another wrestler. Yeah, and this made me really excited. I feel like... Not many people are a huge fan of Eva Marie, but I was very excited to hear on Raw that they announced her return. Um, and so for anyone who doesn't know, Eva Marie originally joined the WWE back in 2013, where she made her main roster debut that same year. She was also a part of the original cast of Total Divas, which I'm not sure if you fellas have ever watched that show, but I love it so much. Just... Never missed an episode. Really, Tony? Oh, maybe one. <gasps> <laughs> Just my favourite reality show ever. Um, but then she spent almost a year on NXT during mid-2015 to early 2016, but was then returned to the main roster in mid-2016, where after a year she announced she was leaving the WWE. And so while her return hasn't really been a secret, it's been heavily speculated since the end of last year, um, the recent vignette confirmed that she'll be back in some capacity. And during the video, so the vignette, she stated that now I have your attention. I want to be someone others look up to. I want to influence others to go after their own ambitions like I did. So I'm back when my journey started. This is evolution. So I am genuinely very excited for this. Happy? I'm not watching a lot of WWE at the minute anyway, so it's not... <laughs> um... I don't know. I think maybe as jaded wrestling fans, we'll, we'll, we as a collective may take it out on Eva Marie for the people that got released. And I hope that doesn't happen because obviously it's not, not her fault. Um, but wrestling Twitter is a cesspool. So I have no doubt that's what will happen. Oh, look, good, good for her. You know, I mean, she's, yeah. um, she's not going to be running drills at the performance center, but she's going to bring eyes to the product. And look, I watched a lot of Total Divas. It was my 
my girlfriend's gateway into enjoying uh, actual wrestling. And now she's a, a fan of Deathmatch Down Under. So, you know, it, <laughs> it, it serves a purpose. And, and I think that she'll, she'll bring a lot of eyes and a lot of attention and a, and a lot of publicity. So, yeah, good on them. Favourite moment of Total Divas, Eleni? Oh, um, I love, I because I also love Summer Rae. Um, and so I love, there's that scene where she slaps Natalia. That is just one of my, like, it's such a ridiculous and petty moment, but it's just the funniest thing ever because it's just the ultimate reality show, like, just diva moment. So that's, yeah. like, my favourite always. Jules? At uh, the end. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favourite. <laughs> uh, my favourite was when uh, Cameron's boyfriend, Vinny, totally crashed and burned at his WWE tryout. He was just such a dick. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. I have, I have no idea what any of you are talking about. <laughs> oh, come on, Lyle. <laughs> I have no idea. Eleni, always great to have you on board with us uh, and again this week as well. Look forward to doing it again next week with you. Perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. Eleni Thomas joining us here on our On the Turnbuckle Super Serious News segment. Always great to have Eleni Thomas on board with us. Boys, let's move on to some other Stories around town, especially close to the home, and PWA Velocities versus Aussie Open. Lyle, you mentioned earlier on that that could go down as the well, it was definitely the match of the week last week in the world. Yeah, well, I watched it earlier today, and I, I didn't have it spoiled, but I heard all reviews over the weekend of it was the match of the weekend in the world, not in the country. You know, not in New South Wales, not in PWA, wow. in the world. Um, you know, on Fights TV. I've only only had a chance to watch the main event so far. Um, but totally worth, you know, I think it was $15 on Fight TV. Just see that match. Amazing. You know, they played off the size difference between um, Aussie Open and the velocities, you know, the intensity. There's some stretches in the middle that are just, Balls to the wall. Um, there's another shooting star press, DDT. Spoiler alert. Um, so good. So good. And what I mentioned in the interview with um, Jay and Aaron, like wrestling fans just need to be snapping up these tickets for some of the talent that we've still got in this country that wouldn't be here otherwise. Um, you know, if there was no COVID, the velocities may not even be in the country. Yeah, true. They could be doing PWG. They could be doing two. They could, you know, while we've got this talent across the whole country, don't regret not seeing them when the world opens up. Um, yeah, go out of your way. Watch this match. Um, put your $15 down on Fight TV and watch it. I'll definitely watch it again. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's like me regretting never seeing Neil Diamond live and then when he was going to come out a year or two ago i thought right out my last chance i reckon to see him and then he went and got sick and never came Bloody but can he well, what's his shooting star press like though that very good especially during yeah. sweet caroline yeah so he did when he comes out later in his career is that just like a one he of won't. the old no, time wrestlers he... coming out just comes out plays the hits yeah possibly uh, no back catalog but, stuff just but unfortunately i don't think he ever will and that's well, that's what you're saying, though. That'll be my loss. Yeah. I'll never get the opportunity to see him. Yeah. And how many years did, how many times did he tour the country, Tony? 
every year basically for the last 20. <laughs> next year. Next maybe, year. I'll maybe get, I'll, I'll get I couldn't no. find a wife that wanted to come with me. That was the problem. <laughs> so are you still on it? Tony, I'll go with you. Oh, well, you know? beautiful. What concert does your wife want to go to? I'll take her to a concert. <laughs> Uh, and then I'll take you to a concert, so it's fair, it's fair. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't be laughing at that because I know that that's actually something that you would like to do. But anyway, that's another thing. Uh, speaking of something that you'd like to do, I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there who didn't get the chance to go to Thornbury Theatre last week to watch uh, New Horizons. I'm sure you would like to do it. You can. It is uh, up and ready for watching. You were there, though, Jules. Take us through it. Oh, yeah. First of all, I just want to say from, from the off, it was a great show. Um, and as a fan, it feels like the vibe is back at the Thornbury. Um, there's been some tough times with COVID and rules, and it really felt, the atmosphere felt it was, um, yeah, back to its best. So um, that was awesome. And, and look, you just have to look at the highlights package that MCW have put up on social media a couple of days ago. Um, that quick highlight reel for some a couple of seconds from each match, um, that should whet your appetite, whet your appetite for the, uh, the on-demand release on um, fcwondemand.com.au this evening. Um, so, look, I won't run through the whole card, but I have to say some, some real highlights that, that came out. Slex versus Royce. Um, now, business is always booming, but Royce really took it, really took it to him. Um, and really interesting choice as a hot opener. So a great oh, show Oh, that there. was the opener. That was, really? Was yeah, that was the, the opener. opener? The opening match. Oh, no. What a bang. That's a main event. Like you say, it's a main Without event. A yeah. 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 That's it. That sets the tone for the night. And especially you've got a hot crowd in it. The Thornbury Theatre, we may be biased because we are from Melbourne, but I, that's my favourite venue to go to. When it's that hot, you know, and I know we got haven't got the numbers of seven to 800 mm. fans in there yet, but when that when when that's pumping... Oof. Oh. Yeah, the, the Thornby will oh. never not pop for Slex's sunglasses. Business sunny is a... <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so that was great. And, and look, I think we saw um, the culmination of the Brat Pack versus Natural Classics saga. So I won't give too many spoilers, but that's definitely worth a watch because that takes a, a turn that, that, you know, not many people could see coming. So that was very good from a, from a tag perspective. And they told a good story there. Um, Kellyanne's open challenge. So Kellyanne came out, um, to talk some smack to the crowd and to the uh, the rest of the talent. And her open challenge was answered by absolutely nobody. Yeah. So I think we're we're left to draw on our own conclusions from that. What do you think to that? Immediately, it seems strange that no one answered because obviously that's a easy wrestling uh, trope. You have someone come out and challenge. Um, you know, maybe face to face, maybe, you know, was it in the crowd? Was the feeling of this is dragged out, dragged out, that someone's going to run out late and hit it maybe from behind or it was just, what was the feeling like when there was no one? Yeah, there was a, there was a pause. There was a point where we yeah. were absolutely expecting something on the screen, something happened and then nothing happened. And I think it, it probably feeds into Kellyanne's state of mind at the moment, which is, she is the at the top of her game and there's no one that can come even close to her. So I think it probably feeds into that, that, that she's people are afraid of her and, and she's just too badass for everybody in the back. Oh, there you go. Oh, I'm, um, I'm, I will be watching this uh, as soon as we finish recording. I've got it already loaded up. 
Oh, look, and, and there's no spoilers that squats get the pops. So Mikey Broderick um, brings the crowd back to life with, with those squats. And uh, look, he, uh, there's definitely a growing popularity for Mikey. And uh, I have to say there was a pretty decent cue for him at the meet and greet as well. Um, yeah. People of oh, all really? ages. Yeah, no, even from, from the, the, the smallest children to the oldest adults, um, squats get the pops for sure. Fantastic. That's New Horizons. It's available on demand as of now. And you can catch it at vimo.com forward slash on demand forward slash MCW New Horizons. Get on there and uh, relive all the action from the Thornbury Theatre last Saturday night. It was Richie Taylor's or is it? It was Richie Taylor's or Richie Taylor's last match at MCW coming up? No, that was that was definitely Richie Taylor's last match. Um Look, that was the story of the night for me. So Richie versus Lockie Hendricks. Um, we're talking here about a proper feud. Um, that's got some good history going back to the Inter-Commonwealth um, tournament that MCW ran some time ago. Um, look, it was clear there was no doubt who was the good guy, who was the bad guy. And look, I'm unashamedly a boo the heels and cheer the faces guy. Um, but the crowd were super hot for that. Um, the spots were high. The wrestling was quality. Um, and the journey they took us right took us on right to the bitter end was um, was definitely worth a watch. And, and I have to say, it, it's a crying shame that it's Richie's last match in MCW because from from my from where I was sitting, that's his best match since that banger of a street fight with um, with DCT. Yeah, oh, wow. So Jeez. what a way to go out. Uh, yeah, hard, hard hitting as well because I've seen Lucky Hendricks shared a photo on social media today of his arm, and that is purple. That is purple. Uh, that got me interested in going uh, tonight and watching the whole show. Um, we know you're a big Richie Taylor fan. How emotional was it for you to watch him in his last MCW match? Oh, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I was nearly nearly in tears. I think there was a, a sense of disbelief in the crowd. Um, there, there was a lot of people, even after the show, talking to people after the show, they were like, well, is this real? Is this actually happening? Like, no, no, it, it can't be. There was um, a real heightened emotion. And I think a lot of that came from the match as well, because it was, it was intense. It was a proper street fight, but yeah, the, 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 just the shock. I, I literally saw people um, with their head in their hands. Um, so a number of people there in, in Richie's merch and uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a, a tough one for a lot of people for sure. Well, I know I'll be crying tonight, Tony. So yeah, I look forward to that. That's nothing unusual for you, Lyle. I, I do love crying You're, at wrestling. It's, yeah, you are a tear. It's an emotion that you can't get anywhere else, Tony. Crying at watching men in their undies. Yeah, come, on, come and live in my house for a week, mate. <laughs> it's happy <laughs> tears. Happy tears. Emotional tears. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I just keep putting it down to dry eye, but I'm not sure it is. Uh, who saw AEW Blood and Guts? I watched it. Oh, yeah, go I ahead. It, I thought it was a really good spectacle. Um, yeah, both teams worked their asses off, which I think was telling because the middle part of the match sort of uh, slowed right down so everyone could catch their breath. You know, it was brutal. I'm pretty sure everyone got cut up um, either deliberately or hard way. Sammy... Guevara, he was in a bad way. He had staples in the back of his head, in oh. the front of his head. Um, yeah, he took some crazy bumps. Um, 
I thought it was a little bit harsh that everyone focused on the post-match bump of Jericho into the... I know, you know, if we're going to be super critical, that shot and that bump probably has to just be filmed better. That's all. Obviously, not no wrestling fan wants to see, well, maybe some, see a 50-something-year-old man land on concrete. You know, no one wants to see that. But to also um, have it glaring right in our face that the stage was, you know, rubber and, you know, it was on a crash pad. It just shot a little bit better. Um, try and hide it a little bit so it's not as noticeable. But but the big spectacle of the whole show, um, I thought it played well. Uh, the, the blood and guts, it was warranted in the storyline. Um, so it's good. I'm assuming the inner circle is going to take a few weeks off after their beating and Chris Jericho maybe takes a couple of months off, you know, refresh and, you know, come back after MJF again. You know, I thought it was good. It was a good spectacle. You know, guys worked their ass off for, for wrestling fans. So can't ask for anything more than that. That's all you can. That's it. Exactly. And if you do want to see a 50 year old man fall on concrete, come on to the corner hotel this Saturday night. It's the first opportunity I've had to get pissed with my after my knee operation. So it could be <laughs> speaking of good spectacles. Like, just wait out front about eleven thirty. What's that number for the Dobbin <laughs> Dobbin the dickhead? What's that number? Could, I'll just nominate you for Segway of the Year for that. <laughs> Thank you. Outstanding work. The king of segways. Um, yeah. Really, um, I am in all honesty, I'm looking forward to getting to Wrestle Rock. My first wrestling event for the year, apart from the first M- MCW show earlier. But yeah, it just hadn't been time or chances. Nah, I'm looking forward to it. They're always fun shows, you know. But sometimes the wrestling is secondary at Wrestle Rock, which is good. But yeah, you know, last show, it was it was so much fun. Last show. So looking forward to it. You know, you got Lockie Hendricks versus uh, Mitch Waterman. That's yeah. a banger. That's a banger, you know. Super excited. Uh, Adam Brooks versus uh, our boy Royce. That's a banger. That's a main event. That's a main event. That's two main events. And you're going to see it at the Corner Hotel in front of drunken idiots. Like me. Not good being a wrestling fan. Yeah. You going to be there, Jules? Uh, I have to give it a, a miss this time, oh. but I'll be back in July. I'll be back with Avengers in July. So trust me. Fantastic. July 31st, Tony. That's my birthday as well. So maybe... I'll get an Uber to a wrestling event this year. Hey, there you go. Good idea. Good idea. Let's have a look at what's coming up this weekend. PCW Slam in Ferntree Gully on Friday night. And then Saturday night, a little bit quieter this weekend, but still plenty around. QWA Fight for the Future in Townsville. PCW Ignition in Ferntree Gully. And as we said, Wrestle Rock at the Corner Hotel. Jules, thanks once again for uh, jumping on board. Unfortunately, well, she's had to move house due to the uh, witness protection program that he's in. So hopefully he'll be uh, reset up and ready to go next week. Always a pleasure. Look, I've, I've done the grand slam now of subbing for um, Tony, Lyle and Welchie. So I was trying to think about what, what, my name would, my, what my name would be to combine the lot. And the best I could come up with was either whiny or Tai Chi. And to be honest, I don't have the singing voice and the tearaway trousers for Tai Chi. So I think I'll just stick with Jules. Yeah, fair enough, too. We'll keep calling you that as well. Good on you, Lyle. Catch you next week.
See you later, guys. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for joining us here on the Turnbuckle right here on mypodcasthouse.com.